You're listening to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. And you know what? I love mortgage lending. Absolutely. And everybody has uh, has to love what you love. And you know what? You need to love what you do and you don't work a day in your life. If you love what you do. That's true. This platitude brought to you by... Clinton Wilkins Mortgage Team? I don't know. Or it could be the Todd Vino Show. You can listen to it, you know, Monday to Friday. Uh, there you go. Nice plug. So when it comes to mortgage rates, what do you not do? Dun, dun, dun. What you need to not do, not do. is, you know, listen to your coworker. Maybe <laughs> listen to your parents and just renew with your lender. Don't do any of those things. Yeah. Also, 60% of Canadians take a five-year fixed rate. I do not think that's what you should do in every case. In some cases, yes, that's within your risk tolerance. Personally, Todd? Yes. I think the rates are kind of high right now. Right. What is most popular, and I'm going to let this secret out, Yeah. most borrowers are doing like a three-year fixed. Yes. Still, there's a lot doing a five-year fixed, and there's still a lot doing variable. And I'll tell you why. The people that are in the three-year fixed... They think the rates are going to go down. It gives enough time to kind of get through this hump, see where things are going to be, and they're going to restructure at that point. We're seeing some people doing a three-year fix, transferring from one lender to another, leveraging them being a new customer and kind of getting a good rate. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing some amortizations being extended, you know, to 25 years. Not everyone, but some. Some borrowers are choosing to do a five-year. There are some even lower rates, you know, the five-year, four-year are, are, are lower than a three-year and shorter. And the reason that they're doing that is they want to just set it and forget it. Right. Certainly not for everyone. Yeah. And you need to know you should not break that mortgage. Do not break it. Because if you break that, you're going to pay a big penalty, especially if the rates go down. And the reason why borrowers are taking a variable rate still, Todd, you might ask me, like, why would they? The rates are higher. Right. Why would I possibly take a variable? One reason, you might break your mortgage early. Mm-hmm. The penalty will be only three months interest. Right. The other reason is you might convert into a fix down the road when the rates go down. Right. You can convert from a variable into a fixed anytime. Right. We're not seeing a lot of borrowers doing a one-year, and we're not seeing a lot of borrowers do a two-year because those rates are quite high, somewhere up to around like that 6% range. So if you're going to do that, you might as well do a variable. So when would a one-year be applicable for somebody? Uh, If you know that you're exactly like going to redo that mortgage in one year. Yeah. But honestly, we're doing very, very few one-year fixed right now. Very, right. very few. Like, I can't even remember the last one we did. And this is coming from the guy who always did a one-year fix for himself. Yeah. Like, honestly. Why did you always do one-year fix then? My life's so uncertain. I was buying, yeah. selling, trading. Right. And typically, when you're further along in your one-year, you're going to get, you know, three months interest to break it. Yeah. So, like, similar to a variable. I was either a variable or one-year fixed guy. Right now, my mortgage, I am in a variable. So if that gives any solace to the listeners that are in a variable rate, the mortgage professional who's done $1.3, $1.4 billion worth of mortgages here in, in Halifax and across, you know, really across the region is in a variable, you know, that should give you some solace. I do think that the rates are going to soften. I do think the Bank of Canada will, uh, you know, soften the rates once we start getting into a recession type situation. And I also might break my mortgage. I will just put it out there. I am not sure what I'm doing with my life. I might keep the place I'm in. Mm-hmm. I might refinance it or I might sell it. I don't know. We'll see. Right. What about having an, an open? Open term? Open term, yeah. 
and open right now is eight nine percent. Yeah. So what would be a, a why would you do yeah, an open? Why? Yeah. You would do an open if you think you were going to break that mortgage in less than five months, six months or less, we'll say. Right. Yeah. If not, you should do a variable because the variable with the three months interest penalty is going to be cheaper than you paying that rate at that open term. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you mentioned, I think you said it's 60% of people take a five-year fix. Five fix. 60% of Canadians take a five-year fix. Do you feel that's just kind of bank marketing or is that just people don't think it through? It's or? cultural. It's it's yeah. it's the industry. It's marketing. Right. It, you know, us as Canadians, a five-year is just what you're told. That's the standard offering. You go and apply, a five-year is what you're going to get. Yeah. But you need to ask for something different or you need to shop around. Right. And I specifically urge these borrowers that have a mortgage coming up for renewal this year, please, please, please just don't take what you're given yeah. because there is a wide range of what is available out there in terms of pricing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you come up for renewal, it's a great time to look at your amortization, look at your equity, maybe change the type of product that you're in. And, you know, the rates that are available between different lenders, believe it or not, Todd, there is a big variety. Yeah. Yeah. It would shock you. Right. It would shock you. Okay, so you're telling me that if you walk into a, a regular uh, bank branch and you sit down with somebody, they're going to put a five-year fix in front of you. That's probably that is the most normal yeah. rate. So they most won't have the, so so they won't have a conversation with you to say, okay, we want to assess where you're at, where you're I'm, all of that generally. I'm not saying that every mortgage broker or every banker is the same. Right. It's the eighty twenty rule, just like everything else. You know. 20% are doing 80%. Right. And But what about the other 80% of people right. that are only doing a few? They're going to go to the default. They're not going to know to ask you about what's going on in your life. Yeah. What is your plan? Are you staying in this house? Do you plan on breaking this mortgage early? Do you have any need to refinance? Do you have any need for funds, you know, in the next X number of years? Product and setup and rate and rate product really make a big difference to your cost of borrowing, you know, over the life of your mortgage. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to answer these key questions. And some of these questions I can't answer for people. I can tell you right now, typically what I do is I'm looking at everyone's income, assets, and credit. I'm giving them three suggestions on what my recommendations are. I get to talk to clients every single day. So I can look at these different scenarios. I can very quickly, you know, look and say, okay, this is what you have for equity. This is what, what, what your goals are. Here are my recommendations. And then you noodle on it at home with you and your spouse or you on your own and decide what's going to work and then come back to me. This is why I get a lot of my documents up front so mm -hmm. that I can give a very good recommendation. I know what's going on with their assets. I know what's going on with their income and their credit, and I can put that recommendation together. All right, but I, I guess fundamentally, should that not be what you, your experience is as a consumer when you walk in well, or it, as, as a client when it, you walk into a bank? It should be, but yeah. not every employee is the same, yeah. just like not every mortgage broker is the same. Not every bank is the same. Right. So, you know, you need to ask the questions and you need to be an advocate for yourself or you need to go to someone who's going to be a strong advocate for you. And that's why I'm such a, you know, a believer and, you know, seeking the advice of an unbiased mortgage professional. And this show is not a, you need to call Clinton to do your mortgage show. This is a show to provide education and hopefully we're educating consumers. I certainly get the feedback, Todd, and I know you've, yeah, you've received absolutely. the feedback too. Yeah. People are listening. I w was doing a tour of bank branches. We do a lot of mortgages with bank branches. So I, or with banks, I should say, and I don't want to discount the banks. And I'm talking about all of the big five. They're either in the broker channel or they're participating in the background in terms of funding some of these broker lenders. Yeah. 
And I, without saying their names, we deal with big green and we deal with big red every day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was in some bank branches uh, today. You know, I hadn't been in branches for the last couple of years. You know, I need to get my you know face out there. Yeah. They need to remember who I am. Obviously, you know, they can see me on a billboard or I'll listen yeah. to us on the radio. <laughs> yeah. And the branch manager said to me, he's like, I love Mortgage 101. I love the education that you're doing with consumers and right. they are coming in and asking us good questions. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's good for the industry and I think it's good for consumers. And that's why for me, this is more of the education piece, I think is what I love right. the, the most. And yeah. that's why we are able to keep this conversation yeah. going. Okay. So as far as the Bank of Canada and what the bank, because people were glued to what the Bank of Canada has been doing, mm -hmm. is, is that fever kind of been dialed back a bit? Has that temperature been brought down a bit from the Bank of Canada and what they're doing? I mean, here's the temperature. The temperature is on cruise control right now. We are in a plateau type situation. But what happens, Todd, after a plateau? Typically, it goes back down. We were increase, increase, increase. Now we're plateau. And now it, we're likely going to see the rates soften. When are they going to soften? Again, I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. If I did, I wouldn't be on the show and uh, consumers ask me, they're like, okay, what's going to go on with pricing? If I set the price, you wouldn't be talking to me because guess what? That's way, way above my yeah. pay grade. Yeah. But the one thing that I do do, I watch and I listen and I research things that our economists are saying. I listen to things that the Bank of Canada is putting out right. and I put together my opinion, yeah. which is an opinion. Yeah. I am not an economist, but I can tell you after 17 years, I've seen a few of these cycles before. Yeah. I remember when the prime rate was six and a quarter percent. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And then it went down to two and a quarter. Then it went back up. Then it went back down. Yes, the rates are high today. Mm -hmm. But typically after a high period, there is a plateau, which we are currently in. Yeah. Then after that, typically they soften again. So if history repeats itself, which it normally does, yes. that's really what we're going to start seeing. At what type of time frame do you think we'll we'll see? And do you think we'll see um, numbers like two percent numbers like that again from the Bank of Canada? There is a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. First off, we didn't think there was going to be a pandemic. We didn't think that you know what was going on in Russia, Russia and uh, Ukraine or Ukraine and Russia yeah. was going to happen. And you know, I think a good example is when some of these banks collapsed in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. We saw an immediate dip in the bond markets in the costs. And then the rates went down. And let me tell you, I repriced probably 40 or 50 mortgages that hadn't funded yet because we saw rates dip, repriced, 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 and it was able to reproduce commitments to our customers at a lower rate. But guess what? They've kind of come back up again because that, you know, a little bit of a hangover from what happened at Silicon Valley Bank yep. has now kind of restabilized. Yeah. But the interesting thing, and I don't know if you read in the news, but last week, TD called off a big deal to buy a big American bank. Mm -hmm. uh, the numbers were just not there. And the amount that they had to pay in terms of breakage fees for their deal right. was significant. Yeah. But they made that choice to walk away from that deal because they don't want to put you know, the Canadian bank in, in peril. They don't want to put their American bank right. in peril. And the TD Bank Financial Group, they want to make sure that it's still going to be healthy yeah. going forward. Yeah, we know the Canadian so, banking industry has always been a real beacon of strength globally, right? It, you know, we have the most respected financial institutions in the world mm -hmm. and very strong regulatory and like banking platform. And you know what? 
that's for better or worse. Some people think that, you know, our banks are too rigid and too conservative. And in some ways they are. But it protects us in the yeah. more challenging times, which we just went through. Yeah. Thank goodness for that, eh? Thank goodness for sure. Absolutely. Okay, we got lots more to talk about. Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. We'll be right back. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to learn more, feel free to visit us online at teamclinton.ca.